in character. And hopefully uh, something is ringing through. Amen. That we're growing in Christ and in character. Amen. We was talking last week about controlling our thoughts. Amen. We got to get our thoughts in gear. We got to bring them into the captivity to the obedience of Christ. And we don't want our thoughts to get out of whack. A lot of people's minds are going crazy about things. I mean, it's just running rampant. You have to control yourself. Amen. The Bible says in Proverbs twenty five, twenty eight, he that hath no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. You have to be able to control your thoughts. Peter tells I mean Paul tells us in Philippians four, seven, he says, Finally, my brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure Whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things, those things which you have learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of love and peace will be in you. And Isaiah says in 26, 3 and 4, he will keep you in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon him because you trust in him, trust in the Lord Forever, for the Lord Jehovah is an ever-saving strength. Amen. Or everlasting strength. So you want to get your, your thoughts in control. Amen. Peter, Paul tells us in Colossians 3, he says, If you have been risen with Christ, then seek those things above where Christ is seated on the right hand of God. So set your affections on things above, not on things of this earth. For you are dead and your life is hid in Christ. Amen. In God, in Christ Jesus. Amen. So you want to control your thoughts. Amen. Because it all affects your character. It affects who you are, how you conduct yourself, how you act. All deals with our thoughts and our actions and our character is very, very important. We want to be like Christ. We have got to get to that point to where we model and represent him. The Bible tells us in Philippians 2, 5, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who thought it not robbery to be equal with God, and made of himself no reputation, amen, and being found in fashion of a servant, amen, and made in the likeness of men, and being found in fashion of his man, he humbled himself, and came obedient to death, even to death on the cross, amen. So, we want to do those things that make us more like Jesus, and that's, you know, our character traits. The fruit of the Spirit is love. We want to love because God is love. We want to be have joy. The joy of the Lord is our strength. The peace of God, the passive all understanding. Amen. Our patience, our long-suffering, our gentleness, our goodness, our faith, our meekness and temperance. Amen. We want to get these things in their right perspective and in the right place. Now, tonight we want to pick up real quick and we want to talk a little bit about practicing Christian virtue. Christian virtue. Virtue is behavior that shows high moral standards. True faith ought not to stand alone. Okay? That's why when you look at James, and we'll look at James here in a second, amen, it should have the works of character with it. See, we believe in God then our character should be right there with it. The works of good character should be right along with it. We know that Peter tells us in Second Peter 1, verse 5, he says, Add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge temperance, to temperance patience, to patience godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, to brotherly kindness charity, if these things be in you and abound, they make that you should neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But he that liketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off, and has forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Wherefore, the rather brethren given all diligent to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you're never going to fall. Say, but what is going to happen is going to give you an entrance right into heaven. Okay, so you've got to add virtue to your faith. If you believe in God, now you've got to get the moral excellency to work in the highest standards of life. Okay, you, you've got to get to the point, we go back a few weeks ago, we was talking about loving the things God loves, hating the things God hates. 
We have to get into the Word of God and realize that I might be coming to that expectation that God wants me to become. What does God require of me? If I look in the Word of God, James says, and to the perfect law of liberty, which is the Word of God, and continue therein, and be not a forgetful here, but a doer, my deeds are going to be blessed. If I look in the mirror and realize my tie is out of whack, and I don't straighten it up and get it right, you're going to say to me, man, Pastor, fix your tie. You know, but if I get it right, you know, when I look in the mirror, I'm going to be okay. Well, it's the same way with the Word of God. See, God has expectations for us, see? And so, therefore, when we look in His Word and I read something and I go, wow, I'm not doing that. I haven't been doing that. Then I need to make the adjustments because this is what God's expecting me. The Bible is His expectation of us. See, the stories in the Word of God is designed to help us to become what God wants us to become. So we have to learn how to be doers of those things. So our behavior should show higher more standards. We're not of the world anymore. We killed the old men, remember? We repented of our sins. We were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of our sins. And we now walk in newness of life through the Holy Spirit. So therefore, my, my life should reflect who I say I am. And how I live and how I do here. Amen. So my faith should not stand alone. My actions, my behavior, my works should reflect my faith. Say, So this is what James is saying. If you look at James real quick, we'll go there real quick. James chapter 2, verse 14 through 26. James says here, What doth it profit, my brethren? Though a man say he have faith and have not works, can faith save him? If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, but you warm, be you warm and filled, notwithstanding you give them those things that are needful to the body, what doth it profit? Even so, faith, if it has not works, is dead, being alone. Yet a man may say then, Say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. The devil also believe, and he trembled. But will thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he had offered up Isaac, his only son, upon the altar? See thou how faith worked with works, and by works was faith made perfect. And the scripture was fulfilled which said, Abraham believed God, and it was imputed or charged unto him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. You see then how that by works a man is justified, and not by faith only. Likewise also was not Rahab the harlot justified by works, when she had received the messengers and had sent them out another way. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. So see, you've got to have some works to go along with your faith. Amen. Your actions, your conducts, the things that you do should reflect what you believe in. Amen. So we was talking a little bit uh, a few weeks ago about ethics. Okay. And we realize that ethics is a lot, amen, with how we should live. Think about it, how we should live. You know, the golden rule, do unto others if you will have them to do unto you. But now there's another piece of that that you usually talk ethics. What comes with it? Etiquette. Etiquette usually comes with ethics. Amen. So etiquette, on the other hand is how we act, how we act, how we conduct ourselves. And so, therefore, it is important that we learn now, if I believe in God, I'm not just a Christian inside of this building. I'm a Christian 24-7, no matter where I am. If I'm on the job, I'm a Christian. If I'm a, out eating dinner, I'm a Christian. If I go to work, I'm a Christian. 
Everything about me must be Christ-like. So with etiquette, etiquette deals a lot with how I sit, how I eat, my actions around other people. And one of the things I'm afraid of, my brothers and sisters, is our eye devices is killing us ethically, ethically and etiquately. Okay? When we go out, I see it all the time. Couples go out to dinner, and one is sitting over here on the cell phone, and one is over here on the cell phone. They're not even talking to each other. Say, that is a lack of etiquette. Say, you're, you're talking to somebody, you, you're at someone's house, and you are at their house, and all of a sudden, your phone rings, and what do you do? Right at their table, you reach and grab your phone and start talking on your phone at somebody else's house's table. You know what you're telling them? You're not important to me. Who's talking to me on this phone is more important than you are. Say, that's a lack of etiquette. See, you you have to realize we have to control. I've had a guy tell me the reason he won't come to this church anymore was because he got upset because people was on their phones. People was watching and doing everything that on their their phones and their eye devices, you know. And he says, they can't be Christians with that kind of attitude. This is, he says, that's the house of God, and they have no discipline. See, we have to realize we have devices. We must learn how to control those items. You are important to God. What is God saying? Yeah, you know, we were, my wife and I was reading an article the other day, and it was talking about hymnals versus, you know, these things here, or whatever you call these, <laughs> you know, these, what is it called? I can't remember. Projectors. How it's affecting people's conduct and actions in the church. They're not getting anything out of it because they're too distracted. You you look up there and there's a word out of, not spell right, and what happens? That's where your focus is. You miss everything else. Say, the song didn't flow right. You don't know the song. You don't know the words to the song. The song don't get started on time with the music or whatever. And as a result, you lose focus of what you're supposed to be doing and praising God. See, you're focusing on the thing instead of God. See, so we have to have good etiquette to grow in our character. See, I need to learn how to control the device and not the device to control me. Say, you know, people says they don't get rest because they leave their phones on all night. <laughs> not this cat. I go to bed, mine stays in the living room on silence. It ain't waking me up. Uh, I need my rest. <laughs> I called you back next week. <laughs> Tomorrow morning. But... We have to learn how to control these items and things. Our etiquette is very important. You know, don't ever talk on your telephone in the bathroom. That's rude. You're in there on your phone and somebody else flushed the toilet next to you. What is the person on the other end going to think? Oh, gross. (laughs) But think about it. But people do these kind of things. You know, people are standing in the line, you know, talking to the top of their voice. Why do we think because we're on the cell phone we got to talk louder? See, I don't need to hear your conversation. You know, the way we're supposed to operate with our devices, if we are expecting a important phone call. When you, if you came to my house to visit me, just I'm just throwing this out there, okay? And you are expecting an important phone call. 
All right? You know what the first thing you should tell me when you walk through the door? I'm expecting an important phone call. And if it rings, will you please excuse me while I step out or go into another room to take it? That way I know. But if you don't tell me that, and we're standing there having, sitting there having dinner and having a good conversation, all of a sudden your phone goes off, and you grab your phone and start talking, that's a lack of etiquette. See, you have to learn these things before. You know, there's all kinds of information out there that you have to learn to do. See? So you want to learn these things because why? It's all about our character. It's all about who we do it, what we're doing. See? We have to. Paul right into the church at Rome, chapter 14, verse 16. He says, let not your good what? Be evil spoken of. Amen. Don't let your good be evil spoken of. And then he says in Galatians 5.13, he says, Don't let your liberty be used for occasions to the flesh. Don't let this freedom that we have be used for the wrong reasons. We have to control this flesh and to get out of whack. See? So we're talking about practicing good Christian virtue. And that's what etiquette is all about. Amen. Remember, we're going to the higher standard. Amen. Of living and life and behavior. We want to be like Christ. We want to operate like Him. Amen. We want to have that understanding how we conduct ourselves. So when you're out and about, learn how to control your devices. You know, even in church, if we're having conversations, you should not have any conversation in a public environment to where you have to sit and whisper to one another. If two of you have to sit and whisper to one another in an environment, public environment, that's unethical. That's with lack of etiquette. When you're in a public environment, you should be able to have a conversation that if I walked up, I should be able to implement and be in your conversation if it's in the public. If it is something that is important to you, then you should be at a place to where you can talk to that person one-on-one. Say, because if you're in a public environment, what am I thinking? It ain't important. I can be a part of it. Say, and so this is why we must learn how to conduct ourselves. You know, Everybody has to learn to conduct themselves in the appropriate manner. Don't let your good be evil spoken of. Amen. Everything that we do should be a reflection of Jesus Christ. Because if Brother Wayne and I are sitting over here and we're going, shh, 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 shh. And he walks over or sees us over there. You know what usually people think? They're they're talking about somebody. See? And that's not good. Remember I told you, we can gossip telling good stuff. See? It is not my responsibility or should not be my responsibility to talk about other people in public. I shouldn't do that. See, gossip can, can get crazy if we're not careful. You shouldn't tell other people's news. You should not be sharing other people's lives. Amen. If they are not, unless they have given you permission. See, if you tell her, I guarantee you by the time she tells her, some words are going to change. Say, because you know why? Most people listen to answer, not to hear. Say, and so by the time it gets from here to here, it's already changed. Say, 
And so that's why we must learn how to practice good Christian virtue. We must have the highest moral standards that we can obtain. Amen. Notice what Paul writing to the church here in Ephesus chapter 4 on your paper. He says, that you put off concerning the former conversation the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Change the way you think. Change the way you act. Be renewed. Remember, the old man is buried. All the wrong things, all the evil things, all the lustful things, everything you were before you became baptized should have gone in the grave. You are risen to walk in newness of life. You said when you repented of your sins, you said, I want to be like Jesus. Amen. And God has some very high standards. And so, therefore, we must practice to get His standards into our lives. Be ye holy, for I am holy. Remember Sunday. Amen. What was my message title? Y'all were sleeping? What was my message Sunday? Hello? Holiness becometh thine house. Come on. See? Say again. (laughs) Holiness becomes this house. Separation. Morals. Purity. Blameless. That's what God is. That's what I must be. Say, if I'm going to be like Him, I've got to get into the Word. I've got to follow His example. I've got to follow what He's said. So my own self is gone. Stop, stop doing the old things. You're a new creature. That's why there's so much call to adjust. You know, you know, with the engine in a car, if you turn it apart, Brother Terry will tell you, when you put it back together, there's a whole lot of torquing that's got to go on. Boats has got to be the certain uh, weight and everything. You know, the first time I tore my engine apart one time, you know, the guy, I was just going to put the boats back in and, and, and you know, and figure that they was tight enough. And the guy comes up to me and he says, you need to go sign out the torque wrench. I said, what in the world are you talking about, man? He says, those boats have to be torqued to a certain poundage. If not, it's going to blow your engine up. I'm going, wow, I didn't know that. And this this wrench, it tells you, when you pull it, it's got a gauge to tell you if you're putting the right amount of pressure and poundage on it. Well, it's the same way in the church. God's got a torque wrench. <laughs> and he says, you need to adjust. You know, get it to the right torque so that you won't explode. <laughs> I'm afraid that's what happens to a lot of people. We're not torqued right. And that's why we keep flying off the handles. That's why we keep making wrong mistakes. We're not torqued right. We're seeing it, but we're not putting the right poundage on it. Amen. we got to learn how to put the right mindset into things. And that you put on the new man, which of the God is created in righteousness and true holiness. God is created for right, by righteousness. Remember, we're to put on the breastplate of righteousness. Say. Righteousness by faith, Paul writes. Wherefore, put away lying. Speak every man truth with his neighbor. For we are members one of another. Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down on your wrath. In other words, don't let the sun go down. You know, being angry. Get it right. Go to bed in peace. Amen. Settle the issue. Amen. Don't let it go down on you, right? 
Never give, neither give place to the devil. Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, work with his hand that which is good, that he may give to him that needeth. Let no corrupt communications proceed out of your mouth. But that which is good to the use of edifying. Notice the standard. That it may minister grace to the hearer. Amen. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speak will be put away from you with all malice. And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiven one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Be ye therefore followers as God as his dear children, and walk in love as Christ also have loved us and have given himself for an offering and sacrifice unto God for sweet savor, but fornication and all uncleanliness and covetousness. Let it not be once named amongst you as becoming saints. Notice, neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor jesting, which is not convenient, but the giving of thanks. Notice the standard. Say, this is what you're striving for. Say, because he's calling us to, to these things. Paul goes on, in, I mean, uh, David there in Psalms 15, he asks, Who shall abide in thy tabernacle? Who shall dwell in thy holy hills? He that have clean hands, a pure heart, you know, he that worketh righteousness. He goes on and on and on. Say, because God is a God of righteousness. See, so we have to learn how to conduct ourselves and our actions so that we don't make wrong choices. Learn how to stand. Learn how to sit. This is all part of etiquette. You don't sit the way you can see London, France. Hello? You have to learn how to sit. You have to learn how to stand. You need to learn how to dress appropriately. All these things. Like I said the other day, you know, you're not Robin Hood in the Sherwood Forest. All these tights and colors and spandexes and all that stuff. No. Don't let that be once named among you as becoming saints. Okay. Come on. Come on. Learn these things. See, this is what he's saying. You're dead. See, so you, so you have to realize who we are. The same way Proverbs tell us about being gluttonous. Proverbs 23, 1 and 2. If thou be a man given an appetite, what does it say to do? Put a knife at your throat. <laughs> yeah. Because you... You don't know where it came from. You know, sometimes potlucks might be a must-go salad. And that salad that somebody brought (laughs) may have been in their refrigerator for six months and they're ready to get rid of it. And then you wonder why Ralph is your best friend. And the porcelain throne, you really, <laughs> hear me, you know, and you go to the store. Now you need more Charmin because, <laughs> hello, you have to realize you need to learn how to hold them and fold them and walk away and when to run. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Be careful if you're a person giving an appetite. I've heard people say, "Man, something that pot luck just just didn't sit right." <laughs> well, imagine that you try to eat the whole store. <laughs> What's up, Sister Sonia? <laughs> Amen. We're not pigs at the trough. Learn some etiquette. You know, get a little bit, and after everybody's done, then go back again if there's leftovers. You know, 
you need to be aware. You know, it might look good, but it could be dangerous. So remember, amen, you have to learn some virtue here. Don't be glutton. Amen. Virtue is important. We, we're going to a higher, 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 higher standard here. Romans 6, verse 12 and 13. <clears throat> Paul says, Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal bodies that you should obey it in the lust thereof. Amen. Don't let sin reign in your life. Purpose to not sin. Purpose. Say, it's easy to sin. Believe me, it is. But we should be practicing not to sin. Say, because we want to be like him. We know sin can't enter there. I don't know when he's coming back for me. You know, I don't know if this is my last step. You know, I don't know. So I'm always thinking about eternity. You know, I have to keep it in focus because that's what I'm looking for. That's where I'm headed. My destination is to be with him. And so I know in order for me to make it with him, I've got to have some Good moral standards. Because he's a God of character. He has some high morals. And he's made it easy for us. Let this mind be in you that was in him. See, he became a servant. And when you are serving and you are living to serve, you usually do the right thing. Let this mind. Paul told Timothy in the fourth chapter, verse Timothy four twelve, he says, Let no man despise thy youth, but be what an example of the believer and word, not only in this word, but also in what you say. You know, in the old days, when I was a kid, they used to say a man's word is his bond. They could just says, I'm going to pay you, shook hands, and that was it. They weren't signing no contracts and all that. It means people's word towards their bond. You know, when you make a vow to God, you should just be a vow. It should be between you and God. You should know, i got to pay up. You know? Because you're trying to be like him. He can't lie. So guess what? We shouldn't either. Amen. So let no man despise that you would be an example of the believer in word and conversation or your behavior. Amen. And charity and your love and your spirit or your attitude and your faith and your purity. Amen. He says, until I come, give attendance to the reading to exhortation, and to doctrine. Amen. Neglect not the gift that has been given to you with the, by the pro, pro, uh, prophecy with the laying on of the hands of the presbyters. Continue in these things. For in so doing, what is going to happen? You're going to save yourself and everybody else that hears it from you. Virtue is very important. Amen. We must have high standards. You know, when we talk of holiness, you know, it used to be when the church says holy, you know, people just realized that that's where they was coming from. But then all of a sudden people got away and they just tried to focus like, oh, I can't do this and I can't do that and I can't wear this and I can't wear that. It's not holiness. Holiness becomes who you are. And you separate yourself. Then you realize why you don't wear this, why you don't put on this, why you don't go there and all that. But you have to learn. See, the thing about holiness is if you don't have the knowledge of holiness, you won't have the wisdom to go with holiness. See? 
If I don't have knowledge, I am not going to have wisdom. Wisdom comes by knowledge, not the other way around. See, once I know, now I get the wisdom of what I, how I should operate and how I should act. Okay? So don't let no man despise your youth. Be an example. Be a good example. Amen. Practice virtue. Get in the habit. You know, the next time you go out, turn your cell phone off. Leave it home. You know? Think about it. You know, a few weeks ago, I started back walking again. And I used to, when I used to go, I used to carry my phone with me all the time. And you know what I would do is I would be walking along, I'd be praying, and all of a sudden I, my phone just kept hitting my leg, distracting me, you know. And I'm thinking about the stupid phone instead of God and what I'm supposed to be doing, seeing the beauty of the Lord. And so then all of a sudden I said, I ain't carrying this stupid thing with me no more. I started leaving it home. No, I enjoy my walk even more. See God's beauty even more. I can learn to do without it. See, so I can't let it. I can't let it control me. You know, when when I when I'm out with my wife, I want to I want to control. She, you know, sometimes we're driving down the road in the car, the phone goes off. You know, I won't answer it because she's important to me. You know, see, (laughs) so. You know, so so I, we have to learn how to control these things. Okay. Number four. So that's a you know so so you know there's a lot on et- etiquette and ethics, and we'll talk more about that I'm sure before the end of the year. But you know, learn learn to practice these things, even in your homes, even in your homes when you're with your loved one. You know, learn how to hold hands, learn how to talk, learn how to communicate. You know. Laugh, sing, have devotions together as a family, all this good stuff, okay? I'm glad that's not me. Heaven. <laughs> Amen. Number four. <laughs> Number four. <laughs> Turn it off. <laughs> Thank you. Number four, keep good company. Keep good companions. Okay? Keep good companions. Number, 1 Corinthians 15.33. Be not conceived, be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. Amen. We must not be guilty by association with evil. There's many people that are serving time because they hung out with the wrong people. Amen. We must have the wisdom and knowledge and understanding of selecting our friends and choosing our friends. Say, our companions, amen, are very important. Amen. The word render communications means properly being together, companionship, close contact, converts, converse. It refers to not to discourse only, but to contacts or companionship. Look at Proverbs chapter 1, verse 10. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 10 through 19. Solomon gives some advice. He says, My son, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. If they say, come with us, let us lay wait for blood, let us lurk privily for the innocent without cause. Let us swallow them up alive as the grave and whole as those that go down into the pit. We shall find all precious substance. We shall be filled with house with spoil. Cast in our lot amongst us, let us all have one purse. My son... Walk not thou in the way with them. Refrain thy foot from their path. For their feet run to evil and make haste to shed blood. Surely in vain the net is spread in the sight of any bird. 
and they lay wait for their own blood. They look privily for their own lives. So are the ways of everyone that is greedy of gain, which taketh away the life of the owners thereof. So see, we see here that we're warned about our associates and our companions. You need to know the people you're hanging with. You need to know the people you're running with. Amen. Say, because if we don't keep good companions and good companies, it destroys our character. You know, if, you know what do they say about a pack of hyenas <laughs> or wolves? They're out to destroy. Say, if you see a bunch of people, as the old saying, if you look like a thug, you act like a thug, you're probably going to be <laughs> considered a thug. See? So you have to be careful as a child of God, the people you hang around. And your companions and the people you choose to associate with. Amen. The first great danger here on your paper be set the simple and the young is that of evil companionship. A lot of our young people, they, they think it's, is is okay to just hang out with anybody? No, you have to be careful who you're hanging out with, because even in school, your your little buddies can get you in trouble, get them in trouble. You know, it's amazing to me. You know, I, I have had to go to school and you know and see kids uh, that. Is doing things wrong in school. And, and they says, you know, I can't believe it. They're doing these things. What happened? Associations. They don't know how to select their companions and friendships. So you have to be careful. The enemy is deceitful. Say, if he can get you wrong on the wrong track young, say, He'll get you wrong when you're old. So we have to be careful. If we're going to build character, we need to have good companions. We have, we need friends and people that are going to be good mentors to us and people that's going to tell us right versus wrong and show us how to do the right thing all the time. We want people that will be friends and keep secrets of things of our personal lives and not blab them to everybody else. You see, we have to have these things. Notice what Paul says here uh, in, in 1 Corinthians 5. I wrote unto you in an epistle not to keep to company with fornicators, yet not altogether with fornicators of this world or with the covetous or the extortioners or with idolaters. For then must you need go out in the world. But now I have written unto you not to keep company if any man that is called a brother be a fornicator or covetous or an idolater or a railer or a drunkard or extortioners with such a one not to eat. For what have I to do to judge them also that are without? Do not ye judge them that are within, but them that are without God judge. Therefore put away from among yourselves that wicked person. Say, so don't hang out with people that keeps doing wrong. Evil communication corrupts good manners. Say, so you have to realize these things in your life. You know, the, the New Living Translation translate this in 1 Corinthians 15.33. It says, bad company corrupts good character. Amen. See, notice what Psalms 119, verse 63, Psalms 119, verse 63, the psalmster says, I am a companion of all them that keep thy precepts. See, so those that keep the word of God, those are the people I'm going to hang out with. Those people that are living right, those people that are doing right, is the ones I'm going to hang with. Because I want their character to rub off on me. As the scriptures tell us what? Iron 
sharpeneth iron. And so a man sharpened the countenance of his friends. Say, I want somebody that's going to tell me when I'm wrong. I want somebody that's going to tell me, you know, when I'm off the road beaten path. That's the kind of people you should want to hang out with. You don't want to hang out with people that's going to lead you down the wrong pathway and lead you wrong. Say, you are trying to get to heaven and you're trying to carry as many people with you. You have to be the mature one in the group. Even in school, you have to be the mature one in your class. It's the same in our school, on our jobs. We must be mature. We must have moral character that we take the leadership role to help people that don't know to be brought into the understanding of God so that they can get their lives right. A lot of people are suffering because why? They chose the wrong companions. If they'd have had some wisdom and knowledge and understanding, we have to realize that it corrupts good, bad, good character. Amen. We must be the mature ones. As I said, David says, as the Psalms says in 119, verse 63, that he was a companion of all those who kept his the Lord's precepts. Proverbs 13, 20, Solomon says, He that walked with wise men, Proverbs 13, 20, He that walked with wise men were what? You're going to be wise. But a companion of fools is going to be destroyed. Amen. Think about it. You know all those people on the street riding, demonstrating? They're going to be destroyed. Evil, you got to give an account for evil. Amen. Unless they repent, turn around, bye. What does Scripture say? The wicked live out not half of his days. They're not getting away with anything. You know, Scripture is going to come to fruition. Solomon said just because it's not executed expediently, he says they can live a hundred years. <laughs> he says they're still going to have to pay for it. We all, Paul says, has got to stand before the judgment seats of Christ to give an account of the things that's done in this life, whether good or evil. I want to hear him say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Enter the joy that's been prepared for you from the foundations of the earth. Amen. Multitudes are brought to ruin by bad company. My, my, my. Now, I tell you, and I, I said over and over and over again, that when I used to counsel with folks in prison, I mean, it was like, wow, some of the stuff you hear. I knew, I knew I shouldn't have been with them guys. I knew I shouldn't have did this. I knew I shouldn't have hung out with them. I knew better. My mom told me I should be at church. My dad told me to be at church. You know, my mom and dad told me to make sure I go to school. You know, I knew. That's what they used to tell me. Pastor, I knew. You know? Evil communications corrupts good character. It'll destroy you. Exodus 23.2 Thou shalt not follow a multitude to do evil, neither shalt thou speak in a cause to deceive often. Of, of after manners that rest judgment. In other words, here, don't go lie for somebody to try to change their judgment. If somebody's in trouble, <laughs> let them take the heat. Yeah. Don't follow a multitude. Amen. To do evil. Remember, you buried that old guy. So why am I going to go back? To the old ways. Amen. Proverbs 4.14 Enter not into the path of the wicked, and go not in the way of evil men. Proverbs 24.1 Be thou not envious against evil men, neither desire to be with them. 
I don't care how much money it looked like they make. I don't care how many pretty cars it looked like they got. I don't care how big their houses look. I don't care how many good-looking guys or gals they got hanging on their arms. Don't be deceived. Evil companions destroy good's character. Amen. You see it all the time in the news. You read it all the time. You know, they're not getting away. Look at all the junk that keeps coming up. Amen. Don't envy them. Hollywood should not be your your idols. <laughs> you know, sports icons should not be your idols. The person that should be your idol is Jesus Christ. He's the only one that should be your idol. Amen. That's the one you want to pattern yourself after. Amen. Proverbs 28, 7, Whoso keepeth the law is a wise son, but he that is a companion of riotous men shameth his father. Think about it. Amen. You keep the law, man, you be a wise son. Proverbs 28, 7, But a companion of riotous men shameth their father. Second Corinthians nineteen two, Jehu said to Jehoshaphat, Shall thou help the ungodly and love them that hate the Lord? Therefore is wrath against thee from the Lord. Notice, we should not love the people of the world more than the world the children of God. Amen. I know sometimes if you want to <laughs> yeah, but my brethren that ought not be. Amen. We have to learn good Christian character. Amen. Because that's what God wants us to be is like him. We want to grow in these things. We want to grow in our character. We want to grow in our virtue and be more like him in all that we do. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. I think that's the end. It is the Lord's will to help develop our character. Godly character is the result of the Holy Spirit working of sanctification. Character is the believer is a consistent manifestation of Jesus in his life. God sometimes uses trials to strengthen our character. As Paul wrote to the church at Rome, and not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation work patience, patience experience, experience hope, and hope make us not ashamed. Because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. The Lord is pleased when his children grow in character. Men and women of character will set good examples for others, and their godly reputation will be evident to all. And all things show thyself a pattern of good works, and doctrine short uncorruptness, gravity, sincerity, sound speech, which not be condemned that he that is of the contrary part may be ashamed, have no evil thing to say of you. Amen. Praise God.